0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Next week we get Davos, where leaders from around the world will get together and robble. Today we get Bank of Japan's Leader talking about monetary policy. Bank of England talking about credit conditions. Everyone's scratching their head going, what does the whole Brexit thing potentially mean? It's tough to quantify for us. Um, there's no major upgrade or downgrade story that is going to be anything that like you write home about. CSX is one of my favorite stocks to follow. Notice I didn't say own um they're a choo-choo company they're a train company they're a transport company they're moving goods around right now i'm in my office and i see an iphone the iphone had to get on a boat at some point in time and come all the way across from asia that's transport right and then when it gets to oakland or la or seattle one of the ports it has to be unloaded onto a truck and the truck drives it to the stores, is the idea. Um, so transports are important. Trains are important. Um, the CSX is a good one for me. So they had their horrible, h- horrible, as Charles Barkley would say. That's horrible. They had their horrible times back in the 80s and early 90s. And the train companies kind of got their terrible, ter- terrible, sorry, not horrible. Um, so I'm always, I'm always watching CSX. It's one of the, my stocks. Transports they kind of predict the future. And the company's improving productivity, improving free cash flow. There's a lot to like. They're buying back shares. Uh, they traded a bit of a premium for a train company because it's not like they're going to come up with train 2.0. They might. Trains that go underground, trains that fly. But it's not a bad name to consider or look at. You know it's going to be around because the train company is. If I had maybe a six-fingered hand, I can count on one hand how many train companies there are in the United States. It's not a monopoly. But you go try to lay down some train tracks. See if you're going to get it done. Just throwing that out there for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. It's dumping snow. I know you're saying, where is this going to go? It's going somewhere. You got to work with me on this one. It's dumping snow right now. In North Star, 19 inches overnight, more to come. Sugar Bowl, 15 inches overnight, more to come. Squaw, Alpine, 18 inches overnight, more to come. I bring this up in large part because it seems kind of extreme. We saw a massive hurricane wreck the Carolinas this year. Or last year, I suppose, Sorry, the right i saying it. Now, you think about that for a second and think about some of the people who bought their first home, moved in, got a mortgage... And then it kind of flows downstream in a flood. It's, it's something that our, our, our industries haven't really thought about yet, is how climate is changing and devastating. California's wildfires have burned down many, many, many homes. Hurricanes on the East Coast have sent many homes into flood zones, right? That we didn't know were flood zones. A for- closure crisis could happen if these natural disasters continue to happen the mortgage industry is going to have to stop, stop, check their watches, and take a look at what do we do now. The mortgage industry was never, ever prepared for extreme weather or rising sea levels. If you look at basic foundation of what makes the mortgage market, it's the application of credit risk. So you can get a mortgage with great credit in a flood zone, or you can get a mortgage with great credit in an area that might burn down. So that's a little bit interesting. Weather risk. As it stands, after major natural disasters, mortgage servicers follow guidelines from Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and FHA, which own or insure most home loans today. But that's another risk down the road. <clears throat> and I think it hit really hard this year, not with the fires and the mudslides in California. Flooding in Texas, tornadoes in Oklahoma. How about Hurricane Harvey? 100,000 Houston area homes in 2017 were hit. of the homes had no flood insurance because they weren't normally prone to flooding. Serious mortgage delinquencies on damaged homes jumped more than 200%. So I ask you, or I beg you, or I implore you, take a look at your house and insure what you need to insure. Take a look at your car and insure what you need to insure. My big fear isn't driving off a cliff and dying. My big fear is driving into a car full of uh, ambulance chasing attorneys. Or a van. Oh, no. No. Only one-third of homes in high-risk areas have flood risk insurance. So there's a lot of work to do of trying to get people to do the right thing. Right? Do the right thing. Um, government shutdown. It's starting to hurt the economy. And we're starting to see it as potentially bigger and more significant as if it lasts longer. It's been four weeks since the government shut down. The most obvious consequence of the economy is that roughly 800,000 workers are not being paid. In 2017, the last year for which we have a lot of data, federal civilian employees were paid about $340 billion in wages. So it's comparable to a sector like media or technology or restaurants or transportation. So that's a lot of money. And... When we have Americans getting in food lines, it's, it's stressful. Americans lost more than $1 billion on Bitcoin last year. Isn't that too sad? $1.7 billion. I rounded down. I, I should have round it up. Americans lost almost $2 billion. Unrealized losses are still sitting at about $5 billion on people waiting for it to go back up. Or people going, well, screw it. I'll just keep my two Bitcoins Go my own way, and maybe I'll check back on them in a year or two years. So there's still a lot of upside-down stocks, upside-down Bitcoin owners. Can't say I didn't tell you so. So that's out there. You know who I hate. I know you're saying, man, you're filled with hate. Love the shows when you're filled with hate. Well, I hate my dad for dying early. Another thing I hate today is jewelry stores. Oh Kays, Zales, Jared, Signet jewelers We're definitely going to Jared. What do you get the perfect little lady who won't cheat on you for at least a year? You get her a big old diamond a, a rock found in the earth worth millions of dollars. So Signet jewelers is down twenty three percent today. I hope younger people if they do one thing, let's let's stop with the silly diamond rings. I'm not against jewelry. I'm against incredibly expensive rocks when you can make them in the lab for one one thousandth one ten thousandth of the price so very competitive in the jewelry industry they are publicly traded companies not for me not for me in store credit practices promotions payment protection products hate it all hate it all man I am filled with hate hate I need to kick the habit of hate. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Come to the seminar January 24th in Palo Alto. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Don't be crazy shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Oh, there's so much going on. I do like. Um, I I, I kind of do like this time of year, beginning of the year, where you're starting to think, how are things going to play out? No one should be surprised on a day by day basis right now. Instead of instead of what was you know three or four years of buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip. Now there's a good probability that news isn't going to be rationalized intelligently. So. From the market's low, the S P p hundred's up 11.3 percent. That's a big move, pretty fast. Low of December 24. A lot of winners. The speed of the ascent reflects the, a market that was oversold and became overbought pretty quickly. Keep in mind that when I was a young boy, stock market barely moved. You'd turn on Dan Rather in the news or Walter Cronkite in the news. Your your dad was watching it and he'd like. Today on Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up four points. You're like, four points? It's barely moving. Morgan Stanley has seemingly provided a selling catalyst today with a fourth quarter earnings report that fell short of top, i.e. revenue, bottom, i.e. earnings. Um, and that's out there. But shares of Morgan Stanley are up 21% since December 24th. So you kind of expect a little bit of a sell-off, unless their quarter was, you know, gold-plated. And it wasn't. Disappointing revenue guidance from Taiwan Semiconductor, which is an Apple supplier. I.e., they help put together things for Apple. They help cook the phone to the point that they could turn it over to you. Of course, that's not the only news out there today. There's the shutdown mess. People are starting to wonder what's going to happen at the Super Bowl because a lot of federal agencies work together to secure that event because it clearly would be a, a golden day for terrorists to strike. What was that movie? There was a movie that uh, a terrorist um, attacked the Super Bowl. I think they did it in a blimp or something. I know, like, that's the getaway vehicle you don't want to be in. It's big, it's in the air, and it moves very, very slowly. So initial claims came out today, that's out there. That's kind of news. We Americans have jobs. We Americans spend our paychecks. I got a rude email from someone yesterday, just like, I'm getting to the point where, as I'm getting older, rude people are really, really a turn off. And it used to be that ignorant people I could just like push aside and say, "That's OK. You're a very rude, rude person. Can, the way you treat Sarah Huckabee is horrible. And the way you treat other people are horrible. You shouldn't treat people that way. The way people hide their craziness behind email bothers me. So anyway, that's off topic. Um, Initial claims, we're good. We have jobs, we spend our paycheck. So hopefully we save money inside of that program so that it's automatic. Philadelphia Fed Index for January jumped to a 17 rating. That's a lot of new orders. That's a lot of people going to work. That's a lot of blue collars, per se. Maybe plumbers, butt cracks. I don't know. <laughs> I'm making no sense today. But the Philadelphia Fed Index was strong enough and increased activity. 46% of firms are expecting increased activity over the next six months while only 15 are projecting a decline. So businesses aren't getting down. Not yet. That's out there. The ability to be stupid has never surprised me. A group of men aboard a Royal Caribbean cruise ship got banned from the cruise line for life after one of them jumped from the 11th floor of the ship while it was docked in the Bahamas. I didn't know that was a rule. I didn't know you are not allowed to jump off the boat. That's, that's my, my defense, right? A named Nick took the to Instagram to post a video of himself jumping off his room's balcony from the Symphony of the Sea ship into the ocean. The video, which was recorded by his friend, captures the men standing on the balcony and laughing as he gets ready to take a, the leap. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess he can get banned for that. But that's out there. The NBA has inked a billion-dollar deal with the maker of 2K video games. Now, I throw that out there. In large part because we, we feel sports have gotten too expensive, right? Tickets for the average family just feel out of reach. But man, the owners. Jerry Jones, uh, who owns the Dallas Cowboys, I think they're worth like $5 billion, and he bought them for like, I want to say like $700 million. Those facts are kind of shaky and iffy. But he once was offered L.A. if he would sell his Dallas franchise. The NFL said, if you go to L.A., Southern California... We'll give you all of L.A. Not two teams. Not like the New York Giants and New York Jets have to split. Not like the Rams and the Chargers are splitting L.A. He was going to get it all. And you could kind of see the money. This is the NBA, of course. And they've inked a billion-dollar deal with the maker of 2K video games so that the the NBA logos can be used and the Players Union can get you know money. But $1.1 billion over seven years? That's a lot of dough, re me So... Um, There's a lot of popularity, not only by NBA 2K, but the revenue-swelling power of microtransactions are out there. Um, And that's prompting a lot of companies, video game companies, to stop and look at their business and try to figure out what games we have coming out. For instance, there was a Star Wars game that was being put together by Electronic Arts, and they paid a lot of money to get the rights to make Star Wars video games until 2022, and the game was taking longer and longer and longer and longer. And then they looked at Battlefront, and Battlefront's just raking in the cash with microtransactions. So Electronic Arts canceled this big property and is going after something faster, even though they've licensed the Star Wars universe they're going after something faster to throw Star Wars on so they can do more microtransactions. So that's out there. I still like the story about the guy jumping off the boat. How can you ban someone for life? Doesn't seem egregious. agree, just trying to sneak back on maybe. Is there a computer that says this guy's banned for life? Or is that just kind of a, a thing? What red-blooded American male goes on cruises? That sounds miserable if you're under 50. Richest 1% own 50% of stocks in U.S. households. Woo-hoo! So the wealthy are doing it, and they're buying stocks. Woohoo! Stock market made its way into mainstream news in 2018 when it hit records highs. And then it tumbled 20%, 19% in just a matter of weeks. The wealthiest 1 tenth of 1% of households now owns 17% and 50% of total home equities stocks. Wow. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. That's how you get your retirement, people. That's what the wealthy do. Invest, invest, invest. Big event coming up January 24th in Palo Alto. You can sign up at Rob Black show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz.
1: And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7.
0: So I'm Rob Black, and you're not. I spent much of my childhood trying to figure out technology and computers. It gave me a reprieve from a dad who was pretty tough. I was really good at it. I was really good at soccer, playing goalkeeper. And I was really, really good at understanding computers. If I dedicated more time to soccer, I probably could have been a professional soccer player. I was pretty good, but that meant playing in Europe and that had no appeal to me. There was no qualified leagues in the United States at that point in time that you could make a living off of. But computers, I understood. Starting with circuit boards, motherboards. I understood semiconductors. I understood DRAM. I understood how to put them together. I understood how to fix them. I could probably take to, put together and take apart you know, classic computers pretty quickly. One of my first jobs when I was 14, 15 was putting together Apple II Cs and Apple II Es eventually. These were very modular design computers back in the day that they would ship them to the retail stores. If the retail store was lucky enough to get a license to sell Apple products and uh, the retail store would get like hard drives separate from everything and you had to put everything together. And I, I loved it. It made me incredibly in tune, not telepathic, not empathic. It just put me in tune with the computer industry and I was always interested in it. I remember, you know, going to computer stores and looking at parts and just like studying like. Things that I don't know, I, I, I would try to learn. But back in the 80s and 90s, it became pretty popular to hate Bill Gates. One of the very first few people I met in the Bay Area, her and her husband had license plates. One of them said, MSFT sucks. And one of them said, AOL sucks or something like that. A-O-L-S-U-X. And uh, there's just some some people in the Bay Area hated Microsoft, the evil empire, Right. I liked Microsoft. I always found them to try to do too much, and that's why we hated them. Every single printer in the world would have drivers created for it that would work with Microsoft operating systems. But that was the problem. Some of them were better than others, and, and when they didn't work, we lost our minds. Bill Gates in the United States is a guy who created... I mean, let's put it this way. IBM could have been Microsoft and Intel put together. And IBM. They could have done services and hardware and software. They could have ruled the world. But IBM said, we're just going to do services because that's what we do. And when they started selling computers, they hired a company called Microsoft to do the operating system. And Bill Gates said, sure. Paul Allen said, absolutely. We'll we'll help you with that. And they did the same thing. They outsourced the semiconductors. Intel was more than willing to provide that. And they started what's called the hell Dominance. So in the United States, Bill Gates was kind of considered to be an, an evil dictator. Kind of the way we see Jeff Bezos now. Like, he's got enough money to build a Death Star. No, seriously, he does. Kind of thing. And you're like, is he building a Death Star? I don't know. But if you're in business today, you fear Amazon. You don't want to be Amazon. Back in the 90s, if you were a computer company, you feared Microsoft. And when Microsoft paid the Rolling Stones money for Start Start Me Up, when Windows 95 came out, holy mackerel did people throw back. They're like, they have so much money, they could buy a Rolling Stones song for a commercial. One of the things I like about Bill Gates is that he's made me rethink children. I know you're saying, what the hell? Are, where are you going with this? the melinda and bill gates foundation the gates foundation they launched in 2000 they put a chunk of their fortune into tackling some of the world's biggest problems more than 45 billion has been poured into their organization from other people as well so a lot of kids millions of children under the age of five are dying from preventable health issues and diseases this is obviously true in the sub-saharan african continent just the amount of impoverished areas are, are large. And when there's, in, when there's poverty, there's, there's disease. So part of their big health initiatives has helped the death of children go down from 11.2 million in 1990 to 5 million in 2017. That's been halving. They've cut down on polio. Um, they, there's four major funds supported by the Gates Foundation. One of them is for vaccines. One of them is for AIDS. One of them is for tuberculosis. Um, I, I dig what they do. And as I've grown older, I, I, I kind of watch what they do and they do really good work. The Clinton foundation was a little bit different. I know people in the charity wor- charitable world who preferred working with the Gates foundation versus the Clinton foundation. It's great that, you know, people have, you know, millions and millions of dollars to throw around to try to help people. Don't get me wrong. So anyway, I just threw that out there. Cause, um, we're pretty close to wiping out more deadly diseases off the, the the earth, which is, isn't that a moment to be, like, happy? And we look at our government right now, and it's so dysfunctional. And it's been dysfunctional for 20-plus years, and it's just getting worse. It's probably been dysfunctional for 100-plus years. I just didn't notice, right? So HIV rates are going down. Malaria deaths are down. A lot of people, a lot of people benefit from the work that entrepreneurs do later in life, not necessarily early in life, if that makes if that's fair, I don't know so I've always been a fan um, and I, I guess that's just shows you how evil and stupid I am to some people, right nearly 773 million email accounts have been exposed in a massive data breach <laughs> no no every month, right there's a website that you can go to to check to see if your data has been breached, but that it scares me. What it's called? It's called Have I Been Owned? But Owned with a P. dot com. Have I Been Pawned? P W N E D. Pawned. Massive database containing 772 million unique email addresses and more than 21 million unique passwords were exposed. Um, let's see. The source isn't being told yet. Wired's reporting on it. Um, Yeah. Change your passwords on a regular basis. For years, I've been using a derivative of a password. And I just changed that whole derivative. So it's a couple initials. It's an odd word. It's a date and a couple, you know, exclamation kind of things. Every year, change your core. (laughs) I mean... Maybe in January 1st is the time to do it, right? Amazon's getting a lot of heat right now. 2019 is looking like it could be a year where the government really, really looks into Amazon and Facebook and Google. And Apple's trying to say, hey, government, we think everyone should own their own data and be able to delete it. Google and Facebook cringe at that idea. That's how they make money. But Amazon shareholders that have at least $1.3 billion in stock have filed a resolution aimed at stopping the company from selling its controversial facial recognition technology to government agencies. I know you're saying, Amazon sells facial recognition technology to government agencies? I didn't even know they did that. Oh, my God. What other secrets is Amazon cooking up?
1: No way.
0: So, civil liberties unions... Uh, Mr. Robot, Mr. Robot, right? Snap's outgoing CFO. Reportedly went around Evan Spiegel's back to ask for more money but failed. Um, snap has lost $20 billion of market cap oh, since they've come snap. public. That is toxic. That is something you need to stay away from. Because as some people say, well, I bought it at $8 and it's at $5. i will sell at 8 Some people bought it at 9 I was like... Well, it's at five. I'm going to wait till it goes to nine. And that's almost a double. That's crazy. How about this for growing up? Fortnite and other free games raked in $87 billion last year. And like I said earlier in the show, Electronic Arts is changing. They don't necessarily want to sell a $60 to $100 game. They're all about the microtransactions right now. Free-to-play video games generated $87.7 billion. Asian players accounted for about 62% of spending on free games. And seven of the ten top grossing free-to-play games belong to Asian publishers. It's not just Fortnite, which by the way, they just released their week seven challenges today. Dun dun dun. But there's a couple games like I have I've never even heard of. Now Pokemon Go, I've heard of. That's number four on the list at 1.3 billion dollars last year in revenue. That's insane. Fortnite 2.4 billion. Dungeon Fighter Online, 1.5 billion. League of Legends 1.4 billion. I know a COO of an electronic game, an e-game, how do you say this? A professional e-gaming league. There you go. That's pretty bizarre. Went to USC, attorney, and now he's the commissioner of an e-sporting league. Whoa, times are changing from my childhood, huh? It's not just Microsoft being the blue screen of Death Evil Empire Company. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Netflix is reporting earnings today. What be going on there, right? (laughs) To tell the truth, I like earnings season. I like January a lot because we're just coming off Christmas. Everyone's in a pretty good mood. Then we hit January, and you get, like, Complicated questions like, well, Costco had a bad last year. Maybe they'll have a good this year. Maybe. Consult a worker advisor for taking action. Any stocks mentioned on the show. It's kind of a time of, like, rebalance. It's kind of a nice time. I like it. Big event coming up January 24th, Thursday at the Oaks Lodge in Palo Alto. bring in CFP, Chad, Burton, Mr. Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. Do you like the beginning of the year? Because I I, I imagine it's a lot going on for you in the financial planning world.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. The busiest times of the year, right during the holidays, the first few weeks of the year, and then tax time. That's why I always say the holidays can't come at a worse time for me.
0: Uh (laughs) How joyful Best thing to do. (laughs) Pretty joyful, Mr. Scrooge. But I do like Scrooge. He saved money, and he had money to throw out the window later in life. Um, How do you do a financial plan so that I can have money to throw out the window later in life and feel that... I'm comfortable knowing that later in life I'll have money. How do I, how do I test what you're doing per se?
1: Well, first of all, I mean if you do a really good detailed financial plan where you look through cash flow and tax issues and college planning and put in things like you're going to need a new car, you're going to every so often you're going to remodel your home and there's going to be tax issues, there's going to be social security but it may or may not be there depending on your age. Um, you can do an amazing financial plan and very detailed projection, and you can test the success rate of the plan with Monte Carlo simulation where a computer runs thousands of different scenarios with um, using the actual holdings in your portfolios and, and volatility and measures of risk and everything else, and you can get an accuracy of how you know, successful your plan is going to be. But, Rob, every single financial plan ever written is wrong. They're all wrong. That's fair. And that's something that we always have to deal with.
0: Is that variables? Is that, like, weather changes, therefore plans change?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just like life. Life is a work in progress, right? If you feel like you're not getting anywhere in life, you're not growing, you feel like you're dying. And so plans change because your desires change. And we're always using, you know, linear modeling where you pick a rate of return based on how much you have in stocks, bonds, and cash, and you project out. And when the market's positive, it's usually double digits. When it's negative, it's usually double digits. So, it's it's going to be much more volatile than your linear cash flow modeling. But it's, it's things like, when you put a fixed cost in for something in retirement, you can yeah. bet it's going to be wrong. Like travel. I mean, a lot of people retire, and then there's these go-go years of retirement where the first 10 years, you're all over the place. I mean, you're trying to figure out what you like, what you want to do. You're spending more money than you thought. You're traveling. Um, and then you kind of get into a groove and a rhythm. And then the next thing that changes is you might have grandkids or death or illness of a spouse. And it's always a change, a work in progress. And the good thing, even with market corrections, you don't, if you're if you're doing the planning on a constant Basis and reviewing it and inputting the variables, you can make minor adjustments. So when the market has a correction, you don't you don't have to cut your spending by the amount of the correction. You can make a small adjustment for a longer period of time, and then adjust back up when things turn back to normal. So it's it's a work in progress, and an idea that you could go to a financial advisor and get one financial plan and never have to go back is it's just silly. It just doesn't happen.
0: Sounds about right. You're going to be talking about these issues and more Thursday, the 24th, January, at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. People can go to newfocusfinancial.com, sign up for the event, read about what it's all about, and um, use code RADIO25. If you've never been to an event, to sign up and get in for free. Um, what are some of the uh, – okay, obviously, travel is going to be – it seems to be getting more expensive year over year. That's one of it. Then we're going to do more of it. That's it. Grandkids, obviously, are going to be a, a cost – Um, so there are some variable costs for sure. A spouse dying early or a spouse dying. You want to hear crazy. My dad did my mother a favor by dying early. He did me a disservice by dying early. So he died at age 58, which makes life insurance very difficult for me, but he wasn't a financial drain on my mother. Isn't that funny how you could look at death as a financial burden or plus?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I guess, I don't know. Does it help with the situation?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I'm telling you, like, that's um, that's an example of how things change and who they help and don't help you right now. (laughs) (laughs) You're grumpy about the holidays and I'm all about the death of my dad. Boo hoo. Um, what do you do about a plan (laughs) when it's clear that it's not going to last? What do you do when someone walks into your office, sits down at your desk and you know, you you do your calculations, you pull out your abacus, you you factor in inflation and it's just not going to make it.
1: Well, uh, you know, like I said, it's, everything's a work in progress. It's constantly changing and you can make minor adjustments all the time. I mean, you know, you Sent me the text yesterday about uh, John Bogle passing away at 89. Yeah. And bet he had done his financial planning until he was 100, right? Probably. And The way that I look at this is like, you know, I know if I would have just saved, 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 I could retire in five years if I wanted to, but I like wake surfing. I like snowboarding. I like making memories with my family, my friends. Now... Stuff that I can't do because my knees and my hips and everything else are going to be destroyed by the time I'm 70. Um, So you can make minor adjustments. It's not just about, i got to retire at 65 and then do nothing. So if you are running a financial plan and you can clearly see you're going to be out of money and you're 90 years old, it's not like at 90 you have to sell your house and you have to move into that trailer park, Right. It's, it, there's yeah. going to be a lot of minor adjustments along the way, whether it's, okay, maybe you take a reverse mortgage, or maybe you sell that and, and downsize a couple of times throughout life until you're more in community-assisted living, where a lot of people end up in their 90s, where you're more in a community setting where there's some care available to you. So if you see that, yeah, you you don't want to overspend, but you also don't need to say, okay, at 90, I'm selling my home and I'm going to be poor. Sounds
0: good. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can meet him Thursday, the 24th of January in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. You can sign up for the event by going to newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of good downloads there. When you're signing up, you can use the code RADIO25 if you haven't been to an event before. See you there